Father God, I thank you, Father God, for your presence here. I thank you, Father God, for what you're doing in our lives, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that you're building layer upon layer, Father God. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that your word is powerful and your word is like a two-edged sword, Father God. And Father, I thank you that as your word goes forth tonight, Father God, it will be like that two-edged sword discerning between the soul and the spirit. Father God, I thank you that your word is alive and powerful, Father God, and it will not come back void, but it will do what it's been sent out to do. Father, I pray that you move by your Holy Spirit, Father God. I pray, Lord God, that everybody that's here, that's listening, would receive from you tonight, Father God. Lord, have your way, have your way in this place in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. We've got holes in this carpet. Is this new? <laughs> got holes in here. Sorry. Holes in the carpet. My heels are getting stuck in the holes, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a bit weird. I don't care. Whatever. It's all right. Oh, God. <laughs> it's just weird. Amen. Oh, it's not far enough, Jervis. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you. Bless you. So this morning's message was priceless, right? God is in control and God is speaking in this place and I can't afford to stay away because I need to hear what God is saying and God is building layer upon layer upon layer. And if we're away, we're missing out on what God is saying. And so God is doing something in this house and it's so important for us to hear his direction and to hear what he's saying and not miss out. I don't want to miss out. I cannot afford to stay away, right? I don't want to come one week when I haven't been in here. You all say how great a time you had in God, right? I want to make sure that I am here in the midst of what God is doing. Yes? <laughs> so I'm here, of course, to stir you. And I, I, what Miles was saying this morning is so in tune with what God has laid on my heart. And I thought, God, shall I change my message? <laughs> but I thought, nah, sometimes we need to hear something more than once, right? God says at least seven times before we grab a hold of it. So just grab the bits that God wants you to grab tonight. So I'm going to start with, have you ever wondered why you were born? <laughs> have you ever wondered what your destiny is? Have you ever wondered why you were redeemed, why you were called, why God chose you, why God anointed you, why you received the Holy Spirit, why God of all creation sent his only son to die for all mankind so that we could be restored? Have you ever wondered what God's plan is for you? <laughs> Have you ever wondered where you're being led continually and what is happening continually? And where you are not having victory, have you ever wondered why these things happen? Could it be that God is leading you and allowing things to happen in your life to grow you, to propel you forward? The hard times, God allows the hard times to come. None of us like the hard times, but God allows the hard times to come. And, and so God is working in us and leading us and he's taking us out of our comfort zone. So he's leading us and he's guiding us and he wants to prepare us. He's got a work for us to do. So James 1 verse 2 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when certain trials come upon you. 
Count it all joy. Like even Miles was saying this morning, we need to start counting it joy because God is allowing us to come into the trials. God is allowing us to go into those storms and those situations. And we don't like it at the time. And so we don't know what God is doing. And a lot of times we're crying out, God, help, God. God, what are you doing? But what we need to be saying is, God, what do you want me to learn, God? Not what are you doing, God, but what do you want me to learn? Well, because I wondered why God called me and I wondered why God anointed me and and I wondered why God chose me, right? And so I started searching the scriptures because I wanted to know why God did all this. I started digging. And as I looked, I came upon Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And it says, right from the very beginning, it says, God's plans were to have a people to call his own. God's plans were to have a people conformed in his image and in his likeness, a people that would know him, a people that would walk like him, a people that would talk like him, a people that would act like him. So if God made mankind, male, female, to have dominion and to subdue and to to be fruitful and to multiply and to be in his likeness and his image, I need to find out what that exactly means. What does it mean for us to take dominion? What does it mean for us to be fruitful and to multiply and to subdue? What does it mean? I need to know because that was God's original plan for mankind. And so when I look up the meaning in the King James Dictionary, dominion means to rule like a king. Wow. To rule like a king, not over people, but to rule like a king over the area where God has put you. A king speaks, and whenever a king speaks, it's carried out. To be fruitful means everything you put your hand to will succeed. To multiply doesn't mean just having babies all the time. Praise God, right? Hallelujah. (laughs) But it means everything that you put your hand to will be fruitful, will multiply, will grow. So everything that we put our hands to in this church, everything we put our hands to when we we do evangelism is going to grow in Jesus' name because God has made us that way. And so God called mankind, his people, his church, to rule like a king. And he told them to subdue. And when you look up that word subdue, subdue means to conquer with great force. So God put Adam and Eve in the garden, told them, to tend the garden, told them to be fruitful, told them to take dominion, told them to to, uh, conquer with great force. And I thought, why would God tell them to conquer with great force? Why would he tell them to take dominion? Was there someone else out in that garden that they had to look out for? And so when, when God put them in the garden, he said, tend it. And you know what it means to tend the garden? Yeah? Not just water it and dig up the ground and get rid of the weeds. Tender. I looked up again the word in the dictionary because like my, my nationality doesn't always understand your words. And to tend means to protect, to guard, and to watch. So Adam and Eve were put in the garden by God. They were told to rule like a king, have dominion. They were told to be fruitful and to multiply. And they were told to subdue. And then they were told to protect, to guard, and to watch. Why would God tell Adam and Eve to protect? Why would he tell them to guard and watch their domain, their territory? If you look up that word guard, that word guard means a person who keeps watch, 
especially a soldier or a person assigned to protect a person or to control access to a place. So Adam and Eve were told to stay there, to guard each other and to keep control, to stop things coming into their domain. When God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit made man, they didn't do it in a quiet corner somewhere. All of creation was watching God when God made mankind. It says in Psalm 8 verse 3, it says, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You've made them a little lower than the angels and you crowned them with glory and honour and you made them rulers over the works of your hands and you put everything under their feet. That's how God made mankind, right? It wasn't in private. It wasn't somewhere hidden. All of creation saw God making mankind. Lucifer and the fallen angels and God's angels and every principality and every power, every dominion, every name saw God make mankind and saw God give mankind dominion and saw God give mankind authority and saw God that he wanted to walk with them and that he wanted to talk with them and everybody saw it. And here is Satan roaming around on the earth. And Satan wanted authority. We've got to see that Satan wanted authority because Satan had already been kicked out of heaven. And he thought, I've got to have my place here on earth. And he thought, how can I take back, how can I take off Adam and Eve what God has just given them because I want to reign and rule. And so here is Satan roaming around, walking in the garden, and he starts to contradict the word of God. And he causes Adam and Eve to disobey God's word. He causes Adam and Eve to, to not believe God's word. He causes them to doubt God's word. And as soon as he caused them to doubt God's word, they lost their authority. Wow. Now that's the same as us today. You know, if, if, we, if the enemy can get us to doubt God's word, we're going to lose our authority, our position. So I want to move on a little bit now. And I want us to look at John chapter 2. And this is the wedding where Jesus went to. And, and they, they were, Jesus was at the wedding and all of a sudden the wine was run out. And the mother of Jesus says to Jesus, Jesus, you know they've run out of wine. And Jesus says to the mother, what has this to do with me? He says, my hour has not yet come. And then the mother said to the servants, just do whatever he says. Just do whatever Jesus says. Just do whatever Jesus says. And I believe this is the word for us today, tonight, that God wants us to grab a hold of because God is going to start talking to us. God is going to start directing us. And God wants us just to do what he says. So you see, Jesus, when he was baptized in the Jordan River, the Holy Spirit came upon him. And Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness where he was tested, right, for 40 days and 40 nights. And when Jesus overcame the enemy with the word of God, he was led out of the wilderness with great power. And then Jesus went around doing miracles. You know, so we need to be aware that when, when we get born again, we get filled with the spirit of God, Right? The Spirit of God comes into our spirits and our spirits are reborn. Yes? Yes? Come on. <laughs> Never mind about the little children running around. When, when we are born again, 
The Spirit of God comes into us and our spirits become born again and we become alive, right? And so the minute that we are born again, the Spirit of God in us will start to lead us, right? Will start to take us to places, will start to grow us, will start to change us. And so as, as a baby Christian, as, no, not even as a baby Christian, as a person, I, I found myself in the gutter one night and the Lord came and sat next to me and the Lord revealed himself to me and the Lord drew me to himself and I, I could not believe that God loved me even with all my faults and all my sins, God loved me. And it was because of that love, I was drawn to God. And I remember going into this church, this little Anglican church, and I remember sitting there and they were playing this amazing music, like, and, and this beautiful song, and the song tugged at my heart. And I remember saying, God, if I ever hear that song again, God, God, I'm going to go out and give my life to you, Right? Instantly, they play that song again, right? And so God leads us to places, right? And I remember walking out to the front and the pastor, reverend, just looking at me going, what are you doing? Like, what do you want? Like, you know, he, he was right. Like, and I said, I want to be born again. I want to give my life to God. I want my name in the book of life. I, I want to be saved. I want to be a Christian. He said, oh my God, we haven't done that here for years, right? And so he was so excited. But I remember that church, like it, that church was my, my, my place where I started to grow and where I started to serve and where I started to do whatever God told me to do. And I remember being in that church and, and the, this lady was there and, and she, she had a little girl that had cancer and I felt drawn to go and talk to her, right? And I started to talk to her and she invited me over to her house. And so I thought I would go over to her house. And I remember going to her home and she shared with me her life. <laughs> and she told me that her, her father had just died of cancer. She told me that her husband was on kidney dialysis machine. She told me that she had cancer. She told me that her daughter had cancer. And, and then she tells me that she sees this, this person walking around her house every night with this cloak on this cloak with a, with a hood on it, a black cloak walking around her house. And I said to her, I said to her, you're under a curse. You're under a curse. I said, you know, you, you can, Jesus took your curse. We can break this curse. I said to her, you know, you can pray and you can command the sickness to go in Jesus' name, right? And I said, you know, we, we can take authority over these things, you know, in Jesus' name. And, and she looks at me and like, because like I'm just a baby snot in God, right? Just, just born again. I don't know much. And, and, and she just looks at me and she says, no, no, I'll go back to the pastor and I'll talk to the pastor. This lady had been in church 20 years. This lady didn't know if she was going to heaven when she died. This lady didn't know who she was in Christ Jesus. This lady didn't know that she was able to cast out demons and heal the sick. This lady didn't know that she was called by God and anointed by God. And I thought, she has been in church 20 years, and I've been in church one, one month maybe, and I'm already believing the word of God. And I feel like a lot of us can be in church like 10 years, 
20 years and still not know the authority that God has given us, still not know what God has done for us and still not walk in what God has given us to walk in because we are held back by our past and we're held back with our limited thinking. And so tonight I feel like God wants to stir us out of our comfort zone because I believe God is raising us up, raising his bride up to, to a position of authority in him. And he wants us, the church, to start to see who we are in him and start to walk in it see and see because like in this this baby church this christian this anglican church that god put me in this lady her name was julie there was a julie and there was a diane in that church and i declared that they were were deborah's they were filled with the spirit of deborah in them and they would lead an army right and, and this lady julie she came up to me and she said to me we run a bible bible study group would you like to come and join us and I sort of just looked at her and she said, we have really good food, you know. I said, okay, I'm coming, right? So I went for the food, right? But I got more than what I bargained. The food, the food will get you in, right? So get the food out and invite people because they will come, right, for the food, if nothing else. And then, so we had the food, right? And then after the food, they, they started sharing the word of God. And that was good, right? They started to grow me. And then they said, let's pray for Bill. And I thought, oh, this is nice. They, they care for their sheep, right? They're going to pray for Bill. They start praying for Bill, right? Next minute, they're casting out demons out of this Bill. And I am freaking out, right? Demons, like demons, seriously? Are there demons? I've never heard about demons, right? And, and I'm freaking out, right? And, and I'm looking at the door and I, and I want to run out. And, and I think, you can't run out. You can't be rude. And so I waited till they finished. And then as soon as they finished, I picked up my bag and I walked into my car and I drove home. And I swear, I swear that every demon that was cast out of Bill was in my car. Because I could feel them, right? I could feel them. And I remember going inside and locking every door, compulsive disorder I had. I checked those doors like four times. I'd locked every window. I got a chair, put it under the doorknob of my, my bedroom door, right? So in case someone snuck in. And I went to bed with hammers and screwdrivers that night, right? Under my pillow. And that, that night, th things came into my room and I, I didn't know what to do. I was frozen on the spot. But I tell you, see, God, the Spirit of God comes inside of you. And God allows things to happen because God wants to grow you. And God wants to change you, right? And, and so this, this, this church, <laughs> again, this church, this Bible study, I think I learned more, not, no offense, not here, but in this little church, I learned more in the home groups than I did in the church, right? And, and so this home group, the week after, I, I went to their, their, their meeting and, and they were praying for people to receive the Holy Spirit, right? And, and all these people were, were getting prayed for, getting filled with the Holy Spirit and started talking this weird language, right? Like, you know, <laughs> you know, that's weird language, right? And next minute they come to me, Anne-Marie, come on, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to be on fire with the Holy Spirit. Can we pray for you to receive? the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues I said no <laughs> no what are you like Harry Krishna people what are you right and I went home right I didn't know what because I'd never heard of this before I was a baby Christian I was not brought up in a Christian family my family was so far away from God <laughs> and I so everything was new to me and so I went home I didn't dismiss what they were talking about I went home I got my Bible I started to do a search is there such a thing as being baptized with the Holy Spirit? Is there such a thing as receiving tongues, right? I started to see it was scriptural. 
for the people, the disciples to lay hands on you and you would be filled with this fire of God and the spirit of God, right? And I saw it was scriptural to talk in tongues, that there are actually three tongues in the Bible, right? One for me to edify myself, one for me to talk to God directly, and one for me to speak in in the congregation and then interpret. And so I went back to that meeting next week and, and I said, okay, you can pray for me to receive the Holy Spirit, right? I remember going in and they got in this little circle. All of them, they grabbed me, stood, stood me in the middle of the circle and all these little hot hands were all over me like, and everybody praying all this stuff, you know, and this fire of God came, right? The fire of God came and the fire of God hit me, right? And, and I tell you, I don't know when I got off the floor, but finally I got off the floor. But my life changed when I got baptized with the Holy Spirit and my life changed. I now have a heavenly tongue that I can pray to God with all the time. And God hears me. Hallelujah. 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 And so God leads us on a journey, right? And so in this church, like I was now filled with the Holy Spirit, right? That church, oh God. I went there and when they started praying or singing, I would start shaking and I would start talking in tongues and they all thought I needed deliverance. They all thought there was something wrong with me, right? And, and then I, I remember being in that, in that home group and starting to learn, you know, that you, that you can pray for the sick and, and that you can cast out demons. And, and, and they were teaching me so much. And I remember like when my, when, when my little girl, you know, she, she was like two months old and, and I remember walking past her cot and, and she wasn't the normal color. She was blue, right? And, and I remember picking her up and shaking her. And I remember going to the doctors. And, and I remember this Diane in the church, this other Deborah, who started to say to me, no, we can pray against this, right? We can pray against this. We can command this child to be healthy. We can command her to be healed. And she stood with me and we prayed and she taught me how to pray and she taught me how to stand on the word of God. And, and, and like I remember standing there praying and I remember, you know, talking to the pastor and, and telling him what was happening. And, and like he started to preach against healing in the church, right? And so I felt God say, it's time to leave because I believe the word of God is true. And so today, today we need to know what the word of God says and we need to stand on the word of God. There's a lot of preaching out there, a lot of deception out there, a lot of people speaking against the word of God, a lot of mouths rising up that do not even know the word of God. And we, the church of God, need to know what the word of God says. We need to know what the word of God says like never before because there's, there's such deception, such deception creeping in. And so we need to know what the word of God is saying. And so, so like when Kerry was sharing about the earthquake, I told her that I also received a vision about the, a word about the earthquake. See, Pastor John has been praying that we'd start to have dreams and visions, right? I've never had so many dreams and visions and words from God as I've been having these last two years, right? And so God gave me the word earthquake, and I didn't understand what it meant. But earthquake means a shaking, a shaking. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken, right? And a little while after that, God gave me a, a vision, a vision or a dream. I can't remember. Oh, my God. But he showed me this horse, this white horse with the rider, and they were riding as fast as they possibly could, right? And, the, and I said to the Lord, Lord, what does that vision mean? And the Lord said that vision means destruction, deception, sorry, deception. God says great deception is coming. And he says, and then the rider doesn't care who he rides over. 
And so God is saying deception is coming like we've never seen before. So we, the church of God, need to know the word of God because if we don't know the word of God, we will be deceived. And the Bible talks about many being deceived in the end times. And so we need to know the word of God. And so, so God takes us and leads us on journeys that we don't want to go. And I remember, even back in this church, I remember this lady needed a lift to go to the Bible study and she came in my car, but she would start to manifest. And I found out later that she was engaged with a satanic worship leader. And, but she would come in my car, she would manifest in my car, and I never knew what to do with people when they manifest in my car, right? A little <laughs> kick them out, but they wouldn't get out, man. And so I remember everything. A lot of things happened in my car. <laughs> my car's my office, right? <laughs> and I remember another time when I was in the church and the pastor said to me, Anne-Marie, can you take this lady home? Because she lives out your way. And I'm one of those people who will oblige the pastor and say, yes. And I remember driving her home. And it was so quiet in the car. And I thought, what can we talk about? Like, it's so quiet. I don't like it. And I thought, well, we've both been to church, right? So I can talk about God, right? Start to talk about God. She started to manifest in my car. But she went one further than this lady. She was grabbing my steering wheel while I was driving down Hoxton Park Road. She was driving, oh, whatever road it was on. And she was pulling my steering wheel all over the place. And I thought, God, we're going to die here tonight. <laughs> God, we're going to die here tonight. And so I call out, God, 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 help me, God. Show me what to do, God. And God says, bind the enemy. Tell it to shut up in Jesus' name. Tell it to let your steering wheel go. Tell it to stop manifesting in Jesus' name. And I just did. Like, just do what he says, right? Like the mother of Jesus said, just do what he says. You haven't got time to argue. When you're driving down the road 80 kilometers an hour and someone is pulling your steering wheel and cars are coming towards you, you haven't got time to argue, right? You just got to listen and do what you heard, right? And so I just, in the name of Jesus, I bind you in Jesus' name. I command you to shut up. I command you to let my steering wheel go in Jesus' name. And she let go. And she slid back in her seat. And I said, amen, quietly. Because if I said it loud, she might manifest again, right? And, and I remember driving home and driving to her yard and like almost opening the door and kicking her out and closing the door and just taking off, right? And I remember going back to church and the pastor said to me, you know that woman that you took home? I said, yeah. They said, we tried to do deliverance on her, but nothing moved. I said, nothing moved? <laughs> it moved in my car, right? Right? And I think, and, but God was allowing these things to happen in my life. He was allowing it to happen. I didn't know at the time. <laughs> I didn't know at the time. But God was getting me ready, right? A little while after that, right? Again, the pastor says to me, Anne-Marie, Pastor Helen is coming to church, and he's going to do deliverance on, on this lady, Lisa. He says, will you come and help her? And my mouth said yes again. And I, I've got foot and mouth disease, right? I said yes again. I thought, why did I say yes? I hate anything to do with deliverance. I hate anything to do with demons, right? I said yes, so I'm committed. If I say yes, I'll do it, right? And so I remember turning up at church. And, and I remember the pastor greeting me. He says, hi, Anne-Marie. The lady's here. She's up on the, on the second floor. He says, but uh, Pastor Helen can't make, you, make it today it's just you and the lady right and so he walks me upstairs to the room where the lady is he, he, he 
lets me in. He says, this is Pastor, uh, this is Anne-Marie. I wasn't even a pastor. I, I was just Anne-Marie. Like, I was nothing. Like, <laughs> still nothing. <laughs> and I go into the room, right? And he closes the door and he locks it, right? So it's just me and the girl in the room. I thought, oh, deliverance, that's not going to be happening today, God. <laughs> I have no idea what deliverance is, God. I said, I'll just pray a simple prayer, right, God? I start to pray, and this lady threw herself down on the floor. She started to slide around like a snake, manifesting, spitting, cursing, everything. And I just stood there, and I looked at the window, and I thought, I can't jump out the window because I'm up too high. I thought, I can't get out the door because he's locked it. I thought, God, I'm locked in a room with demons, God. <laughs> God help, right? Who are you going to call on? <laughs> and so Jesus again comes, and he says, bind the strong man. Tell it to shut up in Jesus' name. Tell it to stop manifesting. Tell it to stop hurting the lady. And tell it to let her go in Jesus' name. And I did everything that Jesus said, right? Don't argue. Just do what he says. It's not the devil telling me what to do. It's God telling me what to do, right? And so as soon as I did what he said, I bound it. I commanded to shut up in Jesus' name. I commanded to leave her in Jesus' name. And this lady gets off the floor like like you're just watching her and you're going, wow. She gets up off the floor. She goes, wow, that is so good. So good, right? Next minute the door opens and the pastor walks in. He says, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to lock the door. I looked and I went, yeah, right. Next minute the lady walks outside and then I go downstairs. And I remember sitting in my car and I remember saying, God, God, did you see that? God, did you see that? Demons do obey when I speak in your name. Come on. God, you know, God was laughing. I could see him smiling. It's like he's saying, at last, now you know the authority that I have given you. See, for years, demons, everywhere I went, they manifested. Every group I held in the church, they manifested. And my leaders would run out of the room because they didn't know what to do. And I was left alone to confront these things that were manifesting. And I didn't know what to do. And I would tremble and fear. But God had to take me on this journey because God wanted me to learn who I was in him. And he wanted me to learn the authority that he had given me. And see, too many of us, too many Christians are being walked over by the enemy all the time. And the enemy is causing havoc in their house. You might not have a grim reaper walking around your house like this lady had, but a lot of you have got things around your house that shouldn't be there. It's because you have not taken dominion. It's because you have not been subdued and conquered with great force anything that's coming against the word of God. It's because you haven't tended what the Lord has given you to tend. See, God has put us down here for a reason, and we should be taking authority over our areas where God has put us. We should be tending the garden and not allowing things to come in that are not from God. And so if we don't stand up and take our rightful position and take our authority, things will come in and things will start to walk all over you and things will cause havoc. But God has given us authority and God has given us power to, to cast demons out and God has given us authority to use his name. And he says in Luke 10 verse 19, Behold, I give you power to walk on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the devil and nothing will hurt you. Too many people think that the devil is bigger than God. 
Too many people think the devil is bigger. Too many people think the doctor's reports are more powerful than the word of God. Too many people don't realize how powerful our God is. We serve a mighty God, a big God. And, but I believe like all of creation is waiting for us to rise up into our rightful position. And I also believe that God is waiting for us, the church, to rise up into our rightful position and to see ourselves as sons and daughters of the Most High King. You know, Paul, Paul in Ephesians chapter 1, he was praying for the, the Christians because he got excited because they were starting to walk in faith. He got excited because they were starting to walk in faith and so he wanted to stir them a little bit more and he said, I'm praying that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you might know what the hope of your calling is and that you might know what the greatness of God's power is towards you who believe. See, Paul wanted them to get more excited. He wanted them to know what God had done. He wanted them to walk in it in Jesus' name. And so you see Paul continue on saying, you know, that, that Christ died and, and Christ defeated all the principalities and powers and dominions and every name that is named. But then he said, and, and he put all things under his feet. But that wasn't the end of it. Paul was also going on and saying, but you, you who were dead in sin, you who were lost, he called you to come and sit next to him in heavenly places. We're called to sit next to Christ in heavenly places. And I think, God, how many of us are, are taking up the call and how many of us, God, are actually coming up and seeing ourselves sitting next to you? How many of us are lining ourselves up with you, God, and walking with you and, and, and taking authority and, and guarding the territory where you've put us, God? How many of us are actually up there believing, Lord God, that all authority is under your feet and under our feet? How many of us are actually rising up into our position in Jesus' name? And, and see, like, when all hell breaks loose in my life, which it tends to do quite often, God says to me, Anne-Marie, come and sit up here for a minute. <laughs> it's like he calls me to come and sit with him in heavenly places for a little while. And then he says to me, oh, he says, look down. <laughs> look down. And like when you're sitting with him and you look down, the thing is not as bad as what it was before. It's just so small. It's so small. And just like that, it can turn around. And, and so God is, is, is just continually trying to grow us, guys. And see, the, the other day, last couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago, I had a dream, <laughs> another dream. And, and the dream was this time I was in this, this water. I, I was in this lake, this river. I don't know. I was just in this water. And I was sinking really, really down deep. And, and I had no more breath left in me. I couldn't breathe anymore. And I, I couldn't get to the surface because I had no more breath. And I remember sitting there and just looking up through this green, murky water. And I could see a light. And I, I wasn't perturbed. I wasn't anxious. I wasn't fearful. I was just sinking down to the bottom. And all of a sudden, something inside of me rose up and cried out, Holy Spirit, help me. And next minute, I got catapulted out of that water. And next minute, I was breathing and I was alive. Then I woke up and I found myself seated up straight in bed and instantly the devil came whispering in my ear you died <laughs> you died don't go back to sleep again because you will may never rise again and I thought I'm just flicking that lie off in Jesus name I am not accepting that lie in Jesus name and then I said God God what did that dream mean and God said 
This is the hour for the church to call on the Holy Spirit like never before. We need to be in relationship with the Holy Spirit. We need to wake up in the morning and say, Holy Spirit, come fill me a fresh Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help me today. Holy Spirit, lead me today. Holy Spirit, guide me today. Because we haven't got time to waste, guys. We need to call on the Holy Spirit daily to fill us, to help us, to guide us, and to lead us. So see, the God has been saying, we've been doing it in our own strength for so long. He says, it's time to stop trying to do it in your own strength. It's time to call on the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to fill you and to lead you and to guide you and to help you. He says, it's time for us to get out of the driver's seat and it's time for us to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and drive us wherever he wants to drive us. See, the Holy Spirit wants to lead us. The Holy Spirit wants to grow us. The Holy Spirit wants to equip us. See, things are going to get bad. <laughs> things are lining up and things are going to... We haven't seen anything yet. Things are getting bad, guys. If we do not know the Holy Spirit, if we do not know the Word of God, if we don't have a relationship with God, we're going to be struggling when the hard times come. Now is the time for us to prepare ourselves in the things of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This is not a doom and gloom message. This is a message of encouragement. This is a message to stir you, to stir you, to push you into the presence of God and to see that we're not playing church. We're not playing. This is a real game, not even a real game. This is real. This is real. Darkness is coming. Revelations 12, 12 says that the enemy is coming down in great wrath and great anger because he knows his time is short. And I feel like God is saying that we, the church, need to rise up in great anger against him and stop allowing him to steal, kill and destroy everything that he wants in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. So I feel this is the season for us to know the word of God like never before to know God like never before. It's like God is saying, come and sit in my presence. Come and linger in my presence. Come and soak in my presence. Come and sit with me. See, God was showing me a couple of weeks ago. He's saying, look, look at my body. He says, my body, my body, my, my people, my, my bride, my bride is growing lukewarm my bride is growing cold my bride my bride is losing that first love and and, and the lord was just just touching my heart and, and showing me that so many people are walking away and so many people are just quitting and, and giving up but god is saying this is not the hour to quit or give up this is the hour to come and sit in god's presence and, and stir up that first love get back to that first love it's scary not to be in that love relationship with god it's scary to, to be lukewarm and cold. And so I challenged myself, if I'm not as hungry for God as, was I, as I was when I was first born again, then there's something wrong. If I'm not as hungry for God as what I used to be, there's something wrong. And, and I need to make sure that that wrong gets moved away and that I get hungry for God again and that I get thirsty for God again, that I long to be in his presence. I used to go to church Sunday twice three times sometimes, Mondays, Tuesday, I would go every day there was something on because I was so hungry for God. And God is challenging me, me, to stay hungry, to keep that fire going, to keep that fire going, 
and to stay in close relationship with him and call on the Holy Spirit continually to help me in Jesus' name. So I, I, I don't know. I just hope it challenged you a little bit. I hope, I hope it, yeah, it challenged you just a little bit to, to be on fire for God. If you're not on fire, you know, the enemy will come to intimidate. The enemy will come to make us give up. The enemy will come to make us quit. The enemy will come to do anything he can to make you stay away from the house of God, to make you stay away from, from the word of God, to make you stay away from praying. He will do everything he can. But God is calling us to a deeper relationship with him. And I feel like God wants us to respond. You know, God is wanting us to respond. If, if we're not as on fire as we used to be, let's ask God to rekindle the fire. If we're not walking in our authority, let's ask God to stir us up and to teach us how to walk in authority. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So maybe stand as we just get led into worship tonight. This is just between you and God. Where are you at? Have you forgotten your first love? Has the fire gone out? Have you allowed the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you and grow you? Or have you been fighting him all the way? Let the Spirit of God speak to you. So God's been all over my case continually. You know, I've allowed things, I've allowed people, I've allowed offenses to even grab my heart and make me pull away and give up and quit in certain areas. But God has been challenging me not to allow the enemy to work in any area to cause me to pull back, to cause me to quit. God is challenging me to push forward and to run the race that is set before me and to keep my eyes on the prize in Jesus' name.